of the Silmarillion Film Project. I'm your co-host Dave Kale, and we're back with another very exciting episode where we're going to be talking about frame, which is I think one of the fun features of this uh, entire endeavor um, that we, we, we don't yeah. get to just tell one story, we get to tell two stories at any one point in time. That's right. And so I'm joined as always by Trish Lambert, the Tolkien Maven, and Corey Olson, the Tolkien Professor. How are you guys Woo-hoo! tonight? Very good. Just Tolkien and Tolkien. We're just Tolkien, Tolkien, Tolkien That's all right. the time. Yeah. So That's right. It's the and I I believe you were saying earlier, Trish, that it's the Tolkien professor, the Tolkien Maven, and the hipster turned and the father. Former hipster, hipster turned father. Yes. <laughs> hipster turned father. Yes. All right. I'll take it. That's right. I need That's to change right. my Twitter handle. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, no, so the frame is always fun because uh, it's, I mean, this is something that was, you know, kind of controversial at the beginning. And we've had, a, you know, a, a couple times when people have been wondering, like, you know, we should we should we stick with the frame concept? But I have really loved the frame as a way of contextualizing, especially the way in which the frame enables us to bring the themes that we're exploring during these seasons into contact with the Lord of the Rings story, like the, the Lord of the Rings world and the Lord of the Rings characters. Um, uh, the thing that I, and the thing that I love specifically about the shape of the frame that we've been doing, how our frame elements, right. Our frame stories have all been taking place in the, you know, few decades before the Lord of the Rings, right. It's sort of the immediate buildup up. Uh, to the Lord of the Rings, which is really a marvelous way, I think, of um, doing in small what the Silmarillion is doing bigly, right? Uh, that is, the Silmarillion is in, you know, it 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 sets the stage in many ways, right? It establishes these themes and 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 this, you know, which the Lord of the Rings then uh, both recapitulates and and uh, uh, and in some cases, you know, brings to fulfillment and everything. Um, so uh, that's that I think is um, the frame really enables us to kind of draw those two together. Right. By sh- by using the frame to show how these themes from the Silmarillion are really compellingly relevant to mm-hmm. this, you know, the way that the Lord of the Rings story is building up. It, it creates this opportunity for us to show, you know, through the two timelines, which are, you know, kind of coming together, right? How the Lord of the Rings story is really the culmination of like the fruition of all of these other stories that are coming along before. Um, uh, and I, I, so I, I just love the overall shape of that. Uh, and it's been really fun working through the frames and things. And it's always, it's definitely a challenge, uh, often a, a creative challenge and a, an intellectual challenge trying to, trying to fit everything together. But I think it's been, uh, it's been great fun. So that's what, we're going to be doing tonight, uh, and that's pretty exciting. Um, announcements before we begin. However, our big announcement of the week this week is we have officially opened registration for Signum Path, the uh, new Signum program, the, the professional development program for foundational skills to improve your ability to, to write, to read, your emotional intelligence and other career skills, things that will really help uh, lots of people, you know, anybody in any job, um, individuals can enroll. Uh, 
corporations can enroll to, to, to do a training program with an entire team. Um, you know, you want to talk to your manager about uh, setting up a referral program where, you know, they're able to, you know, people at your work are able to take PATH classes and get reimbursed for them. That kind of program is also really easy to set up. Uh, lots of opportunities for people to be able to take advantage of the Signum PATH program. Uh, so I encourage you to go to our page, path.signumuniversity.org, um, and uh, find out more about that. Uh, so I'm, uh, I'm super excited about, uh, about PATH and our PATH launch this week. Um, we also have our online teaching mentorship program. Uh, and you know, I was just thinking about this earlier today, talking with a bunch of our Signum mentors, um, especially as we're heading now in, you know, towards the summer, uh, and as more and more schools are getting ready, uh, and kind of confronting the idea that, uh, things in the fall still might not be a hundred percent back to normal as far as classes are concerned. And how do we best prepare for that? Um, I think that a lot of schools and a lot of teachers were, you know, have been, I should say, kind of, uh, I don't know, maybe operating out of a little bit of denial, right? Just kind of hoping they could survive through these couple months and then that the problem would go away. Um, but I think a lot of people are kind of confronting the fact now that things are going to be, you know, this is going to be a, a, a bigger challenge. Well, we're still here, right? We're still here to help uh, and to offer assistance to folks, individuals or groups uh, who would like some advice and, 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 and assistance in planning uh, their conversion from the teaching that they normally do into teaching in an online environment. We can also help uh, with uh, consulting uh, and, and, you know, larger scale advi programmatic advising on folks who are trying to build a really good distance program, perhaps alongside um, Again, there's a lot of things. I think there's going to be a lot more in the way of hybrid programs and things like that moving forward. So um, it would be um, uh, now's a good time, right, as we you know, are still several months away from the fall 2020 semester and opening of schools again. Really good time to be working on that stuff. So um, uh, you can go to our mentorship uh, site there, signumuniversity.org slash mentorship, and uh, uh, get some more information about that. Send us an inquiry. And another announcement which just came out today, we have officially rescheduled MythMoot. Uh, MythMoot, of course, was originally scheduled for the last weekend in June. That still technically is clear, but, you know, we, we, we don't want to... Uh, take too many chances with the state of Virginia. Uh, state, state of Virginia stay-at-home order ends, I think, on June 10th at this point. So technically, we're still okay, but we wanted to push it back for everybody's convenience um, and just to to kind of be to play it a little bit safer uh, with the calendar, as far as that's concerned, uh, and with the state of Virginia. Uh, so we are planning now to hold it on August 6th through 9th, 2020. If you've already registered, you should have gotten an email about that. If you haven't registered, you still can. Um, so now there's a little bit of extra time to register uh, and for uh, people to join us down there in Leesburg, Virginia on August 6th. Um, so that's going to be uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. And those are our announcements for the evening. So let us think about the frame. Let's first a little summary, right? Uh, a summary of the past and the future. Uh, we have been following roughly Aragorn's life and career so far in the frame, right? Not, not exclusively Aragorn, obviously, um, but 
he's the one that we have kept coming back to. Uh, we started with young Estelle at the age of 10 or 11 in Rivendell, learning lessons about the creation of the world from Elrond, right? So that was when we got the, all the Valar stuff, uh, the early history of the world in that kind of a, a more explicitly pedagogical context, uh, right, as uh, uh, he was being uh, trained and, um, and, uh, and growing up there in Rivendell. Um, in season two, we shifted to Arwen while she was in Lothlorien, hanging out with Galadriel and Celeborn, um, and contemplating the place of elves in the world. Uh, we had a lot of, you know, the, the, the sort of the atmosphere of many elves deciding to go to the Havens and to leave Middle-earth, and uh, we were depicting Arwen being really kind of torn about this and trying to understand um, what is the right thing, right? What is the calling? What is the, where, where is Elvenhome, right? That was the, the theme of season two. Um, and, um, and I, I thought that was really cool. We had her talking to Galadriel and Celeborn, uh, both and, um, uh, some other things going on there. So, uh, so that was fun. The season three frame, which of course you'll remember season three was the, um, the, uh, the rebellion of the Noldor and the Kinslaying and, uh, the arrival in Middle-earth. Uh, we had teen Estelle at about the age of 16 or so running away from Rivendell and joining the Dúnedain during a harsh winter. So we had basically, you know, young Aragorn still, young Estelle, still not Aragorn yet, right? Young Estelle, you know, kind of learning his place. Uh, we were paralleling, explicitly paralleling Feanor and Estelle. We had rebellious, re rebellious teenage uh, Estelle, um, feeling like he is being hemmed in a narrow place there in Rivendell, right? Uh, and uh, wanting to see more of the world and learning some lessons. Uh, and of course, showing, hopefully, how Aragorn's trajectory was diverging from Feanor's trajectory. Um, but having Feanor throughout the season kind of lurking there as a, um, as a, as a warning, right, to Aragorn... Um, uh, all the way through. So that was fun. Season four, last season, we uh, went back to, to, to Bilbo. The theme uh, of season four was was reconcilia forgiveness and reconciliation. And we had uh, Bilbo's return to Erebor, the trip that Bilbo made back with Gandalf and Balin uh, for a, and this part we totally made up, a seven-year commemoration of the Battle of Five Armies. Uh, and we had lots of uh, tension and struggle between, you know, things still not totally at peace, uh, especially between the elves and the dwarves and with uh, uh, King Bard uh, kind of caught in the middle there um, and Bilbo causing trouble uh, as he was wont to do uh, and, uh, you know, making everything better. Um, so that was, uh, so that was our theme tied into the, our, our, our frame rather tied into the major to the main theme we have the plan for season six season six we're going to go back to aragorn again um, we're going to have the 20 year old estelle in rivendell learning of his heritage and meeting arwen which i think was the very first frame idea that we thought of you know when we were talking about the frame originally we were like well obviously when we do the baron and luthien story uh <laughs> you know uh, aragorn meeting arwen has got to be the frame right for that uh, uh for that season so that was the biggest no-brainer of all of the frames and so that's why we have <laughs> already decided on the frame for next season uh but don't have so much to decide uh, in uh, or don't have so much decided, I should say, yet uh, in the frame for this season. Um, so, having decided last t last session, our theme 
uh, for season five, which I'm still really excited about. I would not have guessed this frame, uh, uh, this theme rather, uh, but I'm, 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 I'm really interested in this theme. The theme, of course, being change and ha- specifically trying to capture and to convey how the world is changing, not just like that things happen, right? And so things are different from one end to the next or, or even necessarily that people change, though that's part of it too. Um, but trying to touch on, from an elvish perspective especially, how the world is changing, right? Now that the sun has risen and things are just not the same as they were back in Valinor. Things are just not the same as they were before the rising of the sun. Um, how do we kind of capture that sense, that elvish perception that the world is changing and what goes along with that change, ultimately the fading and diminishing of the firstborn. Um, and how do they come to grips with that? Uh, because of course we know that their reaction to change is a major thing, right? I mean, we're going to see it all the way up through the rings of power uh, and, you know, Lothlorien and everything else, right? This is a, this is a major thing. So I think this is a great theme for us to talk about. So, what frame topic should we have um, uh, in order to um, uh, in order to try to touch on that theme? Um, and of course, we want to try to fit it into the overall um, timeline here too. We've 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 managed so far to be uh, doing these background stories. We're trying, of course, in our frame stories, not to spoil too many things that we'll want to really emphasize in, uh, the main storyline when we get there. Right. Um, by the way, that's going to be the biggest challenge for next season's frame. Cause obviously we're going to want to deal with Aragorn learning of his heritage and meeting Arwen when we get there in the main storyline too. Right. So we want to, we want to handle that, but we want to handle that in a way so that we don't just, spoil ourselves right uh for later on but that's a discussion for next season um uh here are general suggestions given the framework right i mean because of course we have um since we're in you know season four was 2448 and season six is planned to be 2952 we've got a four-year window in there right um and uh so it could be a Bilbo frame, an Aragorn frame, an Arwen frame, a Thranduil frame, or a White Council frame. Uh, it could take place in Mirkwood, Lothlorien, Rivendell, the Shire, on the road. Um, lots of uh, lots of possibilities here. Um, so we were given some concrete suggestions, um, and uh, I wanted to, I want to kind of go through the concrete suggestions because some really really good ideas here. Um, it chanced that he returned to Rivendell after great deeds in the company of the sons of Elrond. Uh, so Estelle growing to adulthood in Rivendell, ending with Elrond revealing his heritage to him. So this would be like immediately before, right? We could get some of the uh, adventures of young Aragorn here, right? Um, we last left Estelle as a kind of moody 16-year-old, right? Um, so coming back to Estelle, you know, at the age of... 19.75 or something, right? Uh, and show how he has changed and matured and, uh, you know, him sort of preparing for the very significant change that's about to come to him, right? Um, so that's one interesting suggestion. We've got the White Council, uh, a meeting of the White Council, 
uh, in Rivendell or Lorien or somewhere else, paralleling Fingolfin's attempts to prepare the Noldor for a war in Morgoth, with Aragorn and Bilbo making appearances. So certainly the White Council talking about what they should be doing will have plenty of parallels uh, for that um, in uh, uh, in uh, the de- the deliberations among the Noldor uh, for what they should do and how they should handle the whole Morgoth situation. Um, Another suggestion was Thranduil responding to the Nazgul retaking Dol Guldur in Mirkwood. Um, uh, possible appearances by Bilbo and Gandalf uh, during that uh, uh, during that story. So have a, have a, a Mirkwood elf-based storyline, which would be interesting. We were on the fringes of Mirkwood uh, in season two in the Arwen storyline, but we haven't really had a you know like Thranduil and Legolas fixed uh, uh, you know uh, focused. Uh, Discussion there, so that would be interesting. That would be that, that would be a new thing. Uh, Bilbo's journey from Dale back to the Shire. This would be a like continuing the story, you know, straight after there, and he could, you know, with him passing through Mirkwood, Rivendell, uh, and Bree. That would give us plenty of opportunity for him to interact with various people. So even if we're following Bilbo, uh, that gives us many different opportunities for different kinds of stories there. Um, there's something kind of appealing to me in that idea, mostly because because of how quickly the journey home is treated in The Hobbit, right? It gets like a few paragraphs, really, um, to describe the journey itself. We get more at Rivendell when they get back to Rivendell, but, um, you know, the v- vast majority of the journey home is told very, very briefly. Uh, so the idea of kind of lingering a bit more on uh, on Bilbo's journey home is kind of a fun idea. Um uh, okay, Arwen's journey from Lothlorien to Rivendell, ending before she meets Aragorn. So go back to Arwen, whom we haven't spent any time with since the season two frame, and basically talk about her buildup. So this is sort of the, uh, the other side of the first suggestion, right? Instead of showing Aragorn how he is right before the big change, right, right before the, his big moment, um, we, show Ar- we show Arwen leading up to that. So, you know, c- kind of filling in where she, what's, what's been happening with her since we left her and what frame of mind she is in when she um, has her encounter with Aragorn. And then finally we have a, a sort of a bad guy's frame or a bad guy's center, uh, centered frame. Uh, Sauron returns to Mordor in 2951, so that's right in the middle of this uh, window, and he sends Kamul back uh, to take back to Guldur. Uh, so the return of Sauron to... Mordor, right? And his open declaration of himself. Um, uh, so that is, I think, a really interesting idea. And Trish, this was your suggestion, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I got to think, originally I was kind of going to like make a case for something with Thranduil, you know, like you mentioned, and in Mirkwood. And then it occurred to me, it's like, well, wait a second. So where is Dunkel Durin all this? Because it hasn't been taken down yet. So then I, I went to the Tolkien Gateway and looked and was like, lo and behold, you know, this is the time during which Sauron declares himself. Now, you've got to excuse me, but I'm like, okay, how did he do that? Did he send the mouth of Sauron out on, like, a PR tour? Right. Hear ye, hear ye. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I just, like, how does he do that? But anyway, um, and then I thought, well, that is actually part of this theme, you know, this unexpected change. Because, you know, in Minas Tirith, that was a, definitely an unexpected change to have Sauron declare himself. And at that time, 
Denethor is 20 or 21. He's the same age as Aragorn. And Ecthelion, his father, is the steward. And Thingol is the king of Rohan. And I thought, well, you know, it could be interesting to kind of see how Gondor and Rohan, and maybe with some cameo or a cameo by Gandalf, react Mm -hmm. to this. Mm -hmm. As well as maybe having some bad guy stuff, you know, like showing the Mordor side. I don't know. But that to me was really interesting. I agree. I agree. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Stephen is correct. Stephen was pointing out to me that I skipped one because they both started with Bilbo. So I overlooked it when I was reading down the list. Um, The other one is Bilbo's not Bilbo's journey back to the Shire, but Bilbo returning to the Shire uh, and basically showing the change involved, like Bilbo changing, right, while the rest of the Shire is still being resistant to change. Right. So there's a lot of opportunity within sort of the Shire culture itself uh, to to talk about change. Sorry, I just wanted to mention that other that I, I did skip one. Um, yeah, so I think that, I think that these are, these are all interesting suggestions. I, um, um, let's see. I, uh, the ones that I like best, I, 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 I kind of like the Aragorn and Arwen suggestion, but I also kind of feel like you know, we're going to do them a lot next time. And basically I feel like the more we the more we do the build up there, the harder we're going to make it for ourselves next year in some ways. Like we're going to well, kind of end up say, stealing our own thunder a little bit. It. We're going to end up having to do it in real time somewhere down the line too. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what, that's one thing. Exactly. One factor to keep in mind here is that we, we definitely want the choice of the frame topic to be about the theme rather than about coverage, right? It's not about story coverage um, because we're going to cover the story later on, right? Right. Um, So, yeah, so for that reason as well, um, with, uh, I don't see, I mean, it it could be made to work, uh, but the uh, Aragorn and Arwen uh, uh, suggestions, though they're very interesting suggestions, don't seem to me to be fit really compellingly with that theme, especially since both of them are essentially looking forward to a thing that's not going to happen in this season, right? So um, we could work into it, but it doesn't, it just doesn't, doesn't totally grab me in the same way. Well, I also think that doing that this season would kind of take away a little bit from next season. You know, I mean, I think having it be fresh, in other words, having not had yeah, them in exactly, this season, exactly. I uh, think is going to be more powerful. Yes, uh, especially uh, since we last left Aragorn as a moody 16-year-old rebelling against authority, um, bringing, you know, coming back to him only now, right, Uh uh, by now, I mean later, right? At the beginning of season six uh, would be, I think, a good thing, right? Um, uh, rather than showing further development prior to that. Um, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I, I, so the, I'm, I, my first thought is to, uh, is to remove those. I like the idea of a Markwood storyline, I think that we should, that's something that I think we may want to come back to because I just from this, I mean, here's the fact of the matter. What happens in Merkwood, 
right? I mean, like, nothing ever happens in Mirkwood. It, I, it's not quite true. That's an exaggeration. But still, like, it's not like Thranduil is himself the very most interesting character in all of Middle-earth, right? <laughs> um, in other words, when we do the main storyline through the Lord of the Rings and the preceding periods, how much time are we going to spend in Mirkwood, right? When Bilbo isn't there, I mean, right? Some, we'll get the hunt for Gollum. We'll get, we'll get a couple moments that we can, that we can uh, do in there. But... I think that um, doing a, fr- a, a, fr- a season's frame in which we are really kind of investigating, really kind of uh, exploring the Mirkwood Elves a little bit. We did them, of course, last semester. It's last semester. Listen to me. Semester. <laughs> <laughs> last season, uh, to some extent, um, is... Um, uh, I think that that would be, uh, I mean, so we started off with them last season. We, we got a little bit, but I think there's definitely more that we could do. Um, but at the same time, although I like the idea uh, of um, doing the Mirkwood Elves for a frame, this doesn't feel to me like the theme that really demands them. Right. Shows them um, off well. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, it's not that there's not stuff changing, but again, like, a season of change coming to grips with a season of change. That's not really, that's not, that's not really the Mirkwood elves. They, they don't, they are, they're not really changing. Even when things are changing in Mirkwood, right? Even with the whole, we're, we're slipping from green with the great to being Mirkwood, except, Oh wait, no, now it's back to green with the great again, except, Oh wait, now it's not anymore. Right. I mean, (laughs) it's not that there's no change at all, but still it just, it doesn't, it doesn't grab me, uh, in, uh, in that way again. So, um, uh, there's definitely some interesting potentials, but that's, that's, uh, I, I don't think I would go there either. Um, uh, and, and I would kind of lump Bilbo's journey in there too. Um, I think of the Bilbo suggestions, I like the Bilbo and the Shire much better. Um, the Shire as a parallel to this, this sort of elvish resistance to change, this deeply rooted tendency in the elves to be resisted to change, um, Mapping that onto the Shire Hobbits has a lot of potential, I think. Um, there's Yeah, because they're pretty deeply resistant to change as well, Shire exactly. Hobbit, for different reasons. <laughs> exactly. And no, I think we can totally do that. But, um, but I'm not sure... I'm not sure they're resistant to change for the same reasons, right? I, 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 my fear is that... I haven't done it. Like I haven't sat down and really thought through this question. Um, you know, like the question of compare and contrast. The, oh, that's not a question. The prompt, right? I have not responded to the prompt. Compare and contrast the Hobbit's resistance to change with the Elvish resistance to change, especially like the Nolaran resistance to change. And um, although I haven't really sat down and thought that prompt through, um, the instinct I have before I've really worked out the details is that in the end, I would probably end up finding them very different. I would probably end up thinking that um, in the end, there, there are perhaps even more differences than similarities between how they're resistant to change. Um, so uh, my fear is that the superficial parallel there in the resistance to change might end up being a little bit misleading in some ways and might end up leading us to kind of strain the parallel uh, in order to 
sort of establish it more quickly. I'm not sure. Like I said, I, it, it might work. It's a really intriguing idea, but uh, but I'm not 100 percent on it. I, I, I think it might not pan out uh, when we worked on it uh, in detail. And that leaves me with the White Council meeting or this the bad guy plot, Sauron's Return to Mordor. I also am really interested. Um, uh, 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 Francis was saying that, you know, a, a frame from the bad guy perspective really is intriguing. It is really intriguing. Yeah. Um, especially since we've been we've been making. You know, I, we've been saying for a while now that Sauron is our clandestine protagonist of the entire film film run, right? Um, so kind of coming back to him at that moment is tempting in some ways, just for that reason alone. Um, but, Trish, in the end, what I find most compelling is what you were saying about Gondor. Here's mm-hmm. the Here's the... You know, it was the first thing I thought of when you suggested that, or when you were talking about Gondor, Trish. The immediate thing I was thinking of was Gandalf riding into Minas Tirith, right, in Book 5, uh, and shouting to people from horseback, right, that, uh, you know, for good or ill, the days that you have known are gone. Oh, and, yeah. You know, that's kind of what happens. I mean, like, that's only the final fulfillment of what begins to happen, mm-hmm. right? in this moment when Sauron comes back. And I, I think it would be really fun to have somebody like uh, Marie. Exactly. I would love to have Ecthelion say to young Denethor, those exact words when Denethor is a kid. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, and to say, to say that, except maybe change the pronoun, say like the days that we have known, right. Um, uh, are done. Uh, th- that I think would be, Really, really cool. Um, and yeah, Marie, I was kind of thinking the same thing. The White Council stuff and the Mordor stuff, um, they are two sides of the same story. Um, I mm, have, interesting. I mean, to some extent. I mean, they're both, both you know, sort of responding to the same events and stuff. Um, I would not think there would be any objection to doing some White Council action. Right. During the course of the I mean, if we did this moment, if we had the the sort of the premise, the primary premise of the theme frame, boy, I'm just not doing well with the speaking tonight. Um, (laughs) If we have the primary emphasis of the frame be um, the return, you know, the public declaration of Sauron and the subsequent retaking of Dol Guldur. Um, Right. Right. If that's sort of the premise, right? But it's it doesn't necessarily need to be the the sort of the only or the primary action, right? Um, it would. Be... I was thinking reactions to it, you know, because especially like yeah, with the exactly. being unexpected change, we could. I was thinking about actually. My first thought had even been to have the this is really out there to have the sort of protagonist of the frame almost be like an unknown person, like a wayfarer. Right. You know, who goes from place to place and, and, and gathers up, uh, you know, reactions. But I thought, well, an unknown warfare isn't going to have, you know, isn't going to be able to walk into the White Council. Right, it's not going to have access. Exactly right, yeah, work. Exactly. yeah. But I think, you know, Sauron declaring himself and then seeing the reaction. And by the way, just a little side benefit or side thing. I know this is the frame, so we can't spend a lot. But I'd love to see Denethor be very identifiable, identifiable to Boromir when we meet Boromir later. Right. Right. You know, young Denethor be 
I mean, just not the same guy, but re, you know, so you, when we see Boromir later, we can see why his father would favor Boromir over Faramir kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I mean, Marie, of course, suggests, you know, uh, Gandalf the Grey Pilgrim as potentially, you know, the way people yes. are wondering about. That is a good, that, yeah. Marie, see, that's actually not a bad idea because he would be talking to Ixthelan, he would be talking to Thingol, he would yeah. be talking to the White Council, Saruman, he'd go talk to Saruman, right? Yeah. So that could be kind of interesting. Yeah, Stephen is suggesting, uh, Stephen, uh, and I'm sorry, Stephen, I, I'm going to keep calling you Stephen H because I'm still not really sure how to pronounce your last name. Um, uh, Stephen H was suggesting Glorfindel as a possible wayfarer. Um, that he, is I mean, also more Glorfindel's never a bad thing. Never a bad thing. <laughs> he's a little <laughs> conspicuous <laughs> as a wayfarer. You know, he's he's kind of high profile. Uh, does 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 Glorfindel well, be, do incognito? You know, I don't know. You know, maybe. Maybe it's Glorfindel that Aragorn gets the idea of Strider from, right? The person of Strider. Maybe Glorfindel's, you know, like know. the role model for that. <laughs> like a vagabond, dirtied-up Glorfindel. I just, I, I'm having a hard time with it. I, I am. Like it, you know, I mean, I think like, you know, Glorfindel has like high beams and low beam settings, but I'm not sure yeah. he does incognito. Low beams you know? are pretty, yeah. yeah. You know, he's still going to shine cloak kind of thing right <laughs> exactly exactly well okay um so but i do like the idea of gandalf you know especially because yeah. we're going to get myron aloran and uh what's his Kurnir, you know in their right. middle earth guises if we right. did it that way you know if, if that's a kind of a, i mean i you know i could get all carried away and i got to keep in mind this is the frame it's not the main story so yes. we got to be really yes. elegant about how it's yeah. done i mean the, we have a, a relatively s- like the number right. of, act, of like action right. moments are pretty few, right? Um, but you know we do have because we've got ever however many you know episodes of it. I mean, we could see Gandalf or the Wayfarer, whoever it is, be in different places. Maybe right. not every single season, well, uh, every single episode, but you know what I mean. It's like he'd Gandalf move around. Gandalf does make sense as somebody who's going to be spreading the news, right? Um, right. Off right. bearing the bad news, right? Uh, you know, ill news is an ill guest, and there's Gandalf coming in, right? Because uh, uh, it's kind of what he was sent over to Middle Earth for, right? I mean, to kind yeah. of. I mean, in a sense. The troops and, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, that works. For, so, okay, so I. He, Here's my one problem. You know, people. I know there are several people who are interested in, in White Council ideas. Um, so. Um, uh, you know, I, I I would be happy to hear a sort of a, a, a sort of defense of that specifically because myself I'm a little bit plus minus on the white. Well, okay, now let me explain why what my concern is about the White Council is that first of all I think although the White Council is a good parallel to like the deliberation of the elves, uh, it's almost too good. It's also it's a little on the nose, uh, right? Um, and in particular. One of the things that I like about the frame is the way in which, again, we, we get a different angle at the same theme, right? Um, and if what we're getting is the elves of the Third Age dealing with change while, you know, they're fr- as a frame for the elves of the First Age dealing with change, um, we're not really... It's, it is a different angle. It's a different time and the circumstances are different, but... 
it, it doesn't really feel to me as rich in that way. I'm not saying we can't include the, the White Council. We could do have, you know, the White Council. You know, Gandalf could end up, if we do have Gandalf be the center of the frame, uh, then we could have him, like, end up, right, at a meeting of the White Council or something, um, uh, you know, sort of declaring things to them and, and, and moving forward. That would be a really a neat culmination of the, of the frame, right? If in the final yeah, episode, actually, you know, idea. he yeah. shows up the and he's talking to the episodes. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, so Especially we... if you have like Gandalf and, you know, if you had it over a couple of uh, episodes, you could even have a private conversation between Galadriel and Gan- and Gandalf about the situation, which would be kind of interesting depending on where we are with the main story. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, now Stephen H. is also suggesting that uh, if we save the White Council meeting of 2953, uh, that is the one where, where Saruman is sort of betraying them, but they don't know it yet. Um, right. Uh, you know, he was suggesting we could, we could have that sort of echo the near knife. Um, uh, Arnoidiad, yes, that's possible. Um, uh, Although I wonder if we want to save that meeting for the main story later on down the line. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, we would uh, in some ways. Uh, that is, we would definitely want to cover that. So, yeah, it is... I. So, to me, the ideal frame moments are moments like we did, especially in season three and four. And, well, two, two three, and four. Well, no, all of our previous ones are ideal. <laughs> what they've had in common is that they are major characters, recognizable characters in circumstances related to the major storylines, but containing no major plot event. Right. Right. Um, I mean, for all of them, we're making up stories. We're just making stuff up. Right. Like we don't we do it like newsflash. We don't have any evidence that Aragorn is a moody teenager rebelled against, had a period in which he was rebelling against Elrond's authority. Like, we don't know that that's true. But it's plausible, and it helps us, it helped us to deal with Aragorn and his development and his trajectory as a character and as a future hero. It allowed us to introduce Eladon and Elro here, uh, and to give them some interesting uh, sort of uh, uh, fleshing out to, in some ways. It enabled us to think about the Dúnedain, uh, and how the, you know, the the, the culture of the Dunedain works. There were lots of uh, possibilities there. Um, so that, that was, that was really cool. Anyway, th- there's, there's lots of, um, um, there's lots of great possibilities there, but again, no major like canonical plot event has right. yet occurred in a, uh, um, other than again, people being in the place where they're supposed to be at the time they're supposed to be, right? Like we had young Aragorn meeting Bilbo at the end of the frame, right? Um, uh, when Bilbo came through Rivendell on the way home. So um, that was, but that hardly counts as a canonical event exactly, as of course it's never described. Um, so yeah, so for this reason, Marie, this is also why Gandalf's Wandering is appealing to me too, because then the 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 emphasis is on moments like things that we know must have happened, but it doesn't spoil any event. doesn't spoil any story. Right. right. Instead, we can get a series of perspectives. 
right? We can get Gandalf's learning of the learning of this fact and reacting to it, right? We could then, you know, we we then get he like goes to Gondor and we can have him like meeting people from Gondor and being taken to Minas Tirith. We can have him in Minas Tirith. We can have Gandalf and Denethor. We can have Gandalf and Ecthelion. We can have uh, Gandalf and we, he can go through Rohan on the way back up because he's headed up to Rivendell. Talk to, to Thingol. Tell, yeah. Yeah. So he he can meet, um, you know, he can, he can be, you know, talking to, we can get the Rohiric perspective on this. Um, he can then go through Lothlorien and then end up in Rivendell. Oh, and by the way, I just wanted to tell folks, this, I told Corey already, it blew me away. When this happens, Theoden's like three or four years old. Yeah, Theoden is three. Denethor is <laughs> so like... Denethor is like 20, right? <laughs> yes, Denethor yeah. and Aragorn are like 20, 21, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're the same age, about. Right. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, Rihanna, you're right that this is a lot of characters to introduce in the frame, but the the focus here would not really be on characters so much as we wouldn't be making a list of characters to round out and fill in because it gets frame, right? We can't really do too much character development in the frame, but what we can do is give, we can give snapshots, right? And snapshots of famous characters is something that we have done, right? Um, which I think is interesting. And, uh, uh, that is to say, so like getting a shot of 20 year old Denethor, we don't need to like develop 20 year old Denethor's character. We're going to have time right. to develop 20 year old Denethor's character or, you know, subsequent to 20 years old Denethor's right. character when we do the Throngill story, which I assume we're going to definitely want to do later on. Um, but just to, to glimpse him, right. And to get a little bit of something from him. But, but again, to me, the way to organize the frame would be, let us look at the series of reactions, right? Let's look at like, and again, all of it fits really well into the context of change, right? Because this is not just, this is not just, hey, something happened and now things are different. This is a, it really is a, the times they are a change in moment, right? Sauron has declared himself, the enemy has returned to Mordor, from a Gondorian historical standpoint, the bad old days have returned, right? Um, the days of myth and legend, but not all in really good ways, have come back now to Gondor. Mount Doom is, is in flame once more, and now what? Now what's going to happen? War is not yet broken out, right? But times are, you know, but change is coming. And none of them, none of the humans... So. The thing that is to me most appealing about this frame concept is that it enables us to parallel um, the main action really closely, but right. in a different proportion. Because it's the humans right. who are primarily reacting. We can we can focus at least for the first half, two thirds, um, three quarters of the season on human reactions, um, and so the humans themselves, like Denethor in his lifetime. Right. Is I mean, and that, that can be one of the things that Denethor is recognizing. That could be a conversation that Gandalf and Ecthelion and Denethor have. Right. To say, you know, Denethor, in your lifetime, um, the great war is going to come. Right. So, you know, it, it it's it's not, you know, Ecthelion is going to be asking Gandalf, I, I would assume he would be asking sensible questions like, do I need to sound the call to arms? Like, are we, is Sauron mm-hmm. going to attack? Is that what this means? Um, are we do, are we going to be under assault? And Gandalf would say, no, no, that's not going to happen. Um, 
not now, but but then to have him, you know, turn to Denethor and say, you know, in your lifetime, it will happen. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So again, there's that sense so that Denethor himself is confronted with this same realization, right? That many of the elves, many of the Noldor um, in our first age story are being confronted with, right? That, you know, this... Uh, not just like in my lifetime, this will happen. Like, of course, everything will happen in your lifetime if you're an elf. But, um, but, but no, that, like, you know, the season has changed, right? Things cannot ever again be what they were. Um, and, uh, and, and in a, like, a, you know, a, a way of looming darkness and with, uh, you know, the assaults of the enemy over the, over the horizon. Um, so, yeah. By the way, one, another small thing that doesn't so much have to do with the main story, but, Somewhere along this line, if we do decide Gandalf is our wayfarer and, and the frame basically revolves on him, at some point, even if it's a nonverbal expression on his face, the ring, somebody may mention what of the one ring, and he's going to have to be thinking to himself, oh my God, Bilbo. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and that's all we have to do. We don't have to do anything else. But just, you know, because that's when he starts to have this conversation with Frodo and stuff too, right? It's a shadow point. falling Maybe. on his heart. Uh, then yeah. Yes. Yeah, I yes. Mean, right. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, anyway, that's yeah. neither here nor there with the main story. No, it's but... interesting. I mean, yeah, to, to, it would be interesting to, to sort of connect that through in some ways. Um, okay. So, I, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, now, uh, Stephen cover, I agree that the audience doesn't need necessarily to know or recognize the characters right now. Um, that they don't they don't have to know the full significance of who this Denethor guy is or who this Ecthelian guy is. Um that's okay, sure. I think, if they don't. Um and that's why Rihanna and I don't think it's a huge deal if we're showing lots of different characters, because in a sense fans will recognize them and that's cool. I was um, gonna say the fans will love it. Yeah, the fans will love it. And they they'll would. brag about the fact that they actually know who these people are. Exactly. Exactly. And the more excuse we can give to geeks to pontificate and, and flex in front of their friends, the better. Um, uh, I'm, always, I'm always a fan of that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. Marie was saying that uh, someone on the discussion boards was cautioning that we might not want to have Bilbo and Saruman in the same place on account of the ring. Agreed. Uh, Though I'm not going to lie, kind of tempted to do it for exactly that reason, right? But anyway, well, that's fine. We won. I won. I won. I will resist temptation. Um, but um, uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so no, I think I think that there's a lot of potential here, and of course, we can also be play if we're very clever. We can also be playing with the difference in perspective to both in general and towards change in particular between elves and men, which is one of the things we'll be dealing with in our main storylines. Um, but, um, it will, uh, um, that will work as well in the frame, but again, it's, I, I think it won't be too on the nose. In fact, if anything, it's going to kind of come across differently. Like, because there's a sense in the main storyline that we're starting from the elvish perspective and then we're kind of introducing the human perspective and, and, and becoming more familiar with it over the course of the season, right? Whereas if we do Gandalf scouting and learning what he, you know about Sauron's return and then um, 
starting off in Gondor and everything. We're starting with the human perspective, in other words, and then going to the elvish perspective at the end. Uh, so we can do even we can do a kind of a symmetrical thing. Uh, I think is um, would be interesting, actually. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I like this idea. How does how does and, and of course we have we do have some canon here, a little bit of canon, in that we know that um, I'm thinking, well, I, I guess the, the moment I'm really thinking of is the moment when Gandalf returns to Elrond and confirms to him that the necromancer is Sauron, right, which is earlier mm-hmm. on. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so when I'm thinking of canon, I'm really, I'm really, I'm thinking about the conversations that Elrond and Gandalf have. We get several of them, especially in Unfinished Tales. A lot of uh, Gandalf and Elrond's kind of working together, right, over the years. And so, if that's the, if that's the culmination, right, uh, if 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 that's the culmination uh, to um, to the frame, if if it ends up with Gandalf and Elrond, I think that could work. That could work really well, um, and here that this would enable us to get some White Council angle without having a, an actual White Council meeting. We could have him talking to Galadriel, and then we can have him talking to um, uh, to Elrond. We could even have him talking to Thranduil if we wanted to do that. I was um, thinking about that. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, exactly, Brian. Something like that. Uh, Gandalf talking to Elrond and deciding that a White Council must be called. Something exactly. They, I mean, they they would have uh, plenty to be talking about there. Um, but again, remember, we're not trying to move the Third Age storyline plot along in the frame. That's not the goal of the frame. In fact, if anything, we want to avoid right. the Third Age plot line, right. other than occasionally getting kind of chronological tags to be able to give cues to our readers of when this is right. Um, so like for instance, for that reason, you know, strapping young 20 year old Estelle, who is not quite, who is scheduled to be told his uh, true heritage in a few weeks, right. Could make an, a, a, you know, a cameo at the end of, uh, you know, in the final episode or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but as um, a precursor to next next yes. season's frame. Huh? Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, so I'm thinking um uh we would have to lay out with the frame which reactions we wanted to do. Now is Fengal still king at this time? Who's yes. king? Fengal yeah, is Fengal king. Is. So Fengal is going to still be in Gondor then. At this time, which is super convenient, actually. Was he in Gondor at this time? Yeah. Yeah. No, wait, Thingol is king already? Okay. If Thingol's yeah, he's king, king if already. Thingol's king already. Okay. He's king already. Right. Yeah. If he's king already, then he's got to be back home. Um, yeah. All right. No, oh, that's too and bad. And like I said, if, they if, had if, it's if like he'd been on the spot, that would have been handy. Um, yeah, yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. So, so we start with the men. We can get a bunch of different human perspectives on Well, first of all, let's start at the beginning. 
how does Gandalf find out what happens there? Gandalf would be Snoop. Now, uh, you know, I, I, Trish, I'm coming back to your question you're, and so, you know, the joke you were making earlier about um, how efficient <laughs> is Sauron's PR department. Um, wow. How does Sauron openly proclaim himself? I guess by, like, firing up Mount Doom again, pretty much, is kind of a dead giveaway, right? I mean, you know, talk, all Tolkien ever has said, right, is so, Sauron openly declares himself. Right. So, that's all he ever says. Right. And what exactly does <laughs> that mean? How do you do that when you're a disembodied eye, basically? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Exactly. I, Obviously, you know. Twitter. Right. Twitter, yeah. Twitter, yeah. Well, yeah. of course, I've made, you know, I made jokes during Riddles in the Dark about the Nazgul having on their carpenter's belts and hard hats, you know, rebuilding Bare Door, and yeah, then he flips exactly. the switch, right? They flip the switch, and the eye comes on at the top <laughs> of the right. tower. <laughs> Sauron is here. Sauron is here. Yeah. yeah. Now, I don't know. I mean, you know, and I jokingly talked about the mouth of Sauron. I don't know. Would there be, I don't. But I can't imagine that he'd have, like, a role. I mean, what would he do? I don't know, you know. No, and even the See, mouth of Sauron would kind of, be. I think you're right. I think an eruption of Mount Doom would be. Don't you think something like that? I'm kind of. It would you spend, know, I'm, send fire and smoke into the sky, kind of thing. You you know what I'm thinking about? Um, uh, I'm I'm thinking of like the the description of 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 what he was doing at the beginning of Lord of the Rings, sending emissaries around. Right. Um, I'm kind of wondering if, like, yeah, how how do we think, do we think he would announce himself with, like, you know, like, is he going for shock and awe? Or is he, or is he, is he leaning into his, like, Anatar giver of gifts side, you know, the, like, trying Mm. to make nice with people? Which would make Gandalf even more concerned. The one clear piece of evidence that we have about this, that we don't know exactly the date is, and though it's presumably significantly later than this, is the messenger right. that comes to Dan in the Lonely Mountain. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sauron the Great is coming. You know, so he sends a messenger, which we were saying in, in Exploring the Lord of the Rings, that messenger totally sounds like uh, the mouth of Sauron. Like, we, 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 we totally are yeah. of the opinion that it was the mouth of Sauron who was sent to, uh, uh, to Erebor. Um, I. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, no, Stephen H., when, we're not talking about him playing nice in the sense of being friendly with his neighbors. We're talking about whether he's going to, you know, announce his name with some kind of assault or whether or not he's going to, you know, uh, just sort of let it be known in some other way. Do it like that emissary. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like a hey, quid pro quo kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm here to announce and we want to be partners. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Maybe might he might go around at demanding things or and asking of offering things and demanding things. Right. Carrot and stick. And the mm-hmm. and the now clearly he would be doing this. All right. So here's one By the way, question question yeah. for you. Is Osgil is Os is Osgiliath Osgiliath at this point? I mean, is it a functioning Gondorian uh, place, town, city? No. no. Okay. No, I can't it's remember. Not. Um, okay. No. Um, yeah. Yeah. And no, I agree, Nick. We don't want to. We don't want to 
we don't want to spoil. So yeah, the sending of the messenger to Erebor. Right. That's later and it's part of the main story, right? Yeah, Yeah. it is. And it's also, we're pretty early for that. Uh, I mean, it's going to be a little bit more awkward if Glowen at the Council of Elrond is like, 50 years ago, we received (laughs) a message. And it's getting, time's running out, man. Like, he gave us 50 years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We've been stalling this guy for decades, but we think he's on to us, right? How many many times did he say the messenger returned? Like well, it did return a couple times, but you know, it wouldn't surprise yeah. me even if it had been a couple years that that had been happening. But yeah, um, I mean, again, spread out over yeah. fifty years. That's a that's eh, a bit of a stretch. It is, yeah. and, and I, I mean, we would have to change the time. I mean, we are given the timeline. We know that the 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 messenger from Mordor comes to Erebor after Balin leaves to reclaim Moria, um, but but. I mean, we could change that chronology, like, but this seems a strain. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think that really works. Um, and as Nick was suggesting, you know, we might want to save that for the main storyline anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. Now we could do but something. Still, I mean, I still am kind of into this sort of symbolic thing, like Mount Doom exploding or something. Then the other thing is, of course, the cursed rider ends up taking over as lieutenant of, of Dol Guldur, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it could even be that, you know, that. Oh God! You know now somebody's back here, and that means that Sarah. I don't know. I mean, so we we had the eruption. I got a, I got a question. We, sorry, no, um, yeah, Dave, go ahead. I was going to say uh, when when Sauron's sending out all these messengers uh, and try, trying to trying to make you know uh, trying to make nice ish uh, ish. We, <laughs> there's got to be a few places where he didn't bother, right? Like I, I'm pretty sure he didn't send anyone to. Um, Gondor, right? Right, yeah. Tirith, yeah. Thank you. yeah. Like, why bother? Yeah. <laughs> no one's going to buy it. So I'm wondering, like, because um, on the one hand, I, I, I feel like we probably don't want to do anything that would undermine the, like, if he, if he runs around attacking a bunch of people or invading, or if he's like, you know, uh, gets too, puts on too big of a display with Mount Doom or something, I feel like that might undermine future attempts to be like, hey, it's your friend Sauron. Uh, you know, I have some presents for you. Well, I mean, so, he's so not going to play that. He, 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 he's not going to play the friend card, though. I mean, we're told that he doesn't play the friend card after Numenor, that he can't appear in yeah, pleasant form yeah. any, anymore. Um, sure, but, sure. But, the, he, but he's certainly he's playing the diplomat, right? Yeah, I mean, yes. In, in uh, As evidenced by his approach to Erebor, we do have yeah. him attempting to, like, uh, not pull a, an Anatar uh, situation, but to have him uh, attempt to gain their willing agreement, right? Yes. yes. He's not just marching armies in and taking things. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and so, by the way, uh, Trish, we had uh, several helpful uh, people were looking it up for us. Uh, 2475 was the abandonment of, of Osgiliath. So it's been 500 years since anyone's oh. lived there. Okay. Well, never mind then. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. But and, that, and and you know what though, even at the end, right when the um, when the combined armies of the West march on the Black Gate, even then he sends an emissary out and says, "Okay, here's the terms of your surrender." Right. Yeah. Um, right. So uh, maybe it's not implausible that he might even he might even like just one 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 like you know half-assed attempt send someone to Minas Tirith and say okay you need to surrender all these lands right, right. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I just, uh, all right. So just, for the record, y'all can make this easy on yourselves and just give up now. What do you say? <laughs> right? No. Okay. Well, can't say I didn't offer. Right. You know, that's, um, yeah. okay. Well, hang well, on that a is true. In that case, it could be the mouth of sour. I mean, there, we could have a similar emissary, you know, visit like what Erebor is going to get 50 years down the line or however many years it is. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm having a thought. There is, of course, one place, or, okay, a, one chunk of places to which he would be sending messengers very openly, and that is east and south, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Hi there, former, former vassals. I'm back. Yes, yeah. it's been almost 3,000 years, right? You've probably forgotten about me, but hi... Right. Back in business, recalling you to your loyalties of your great, great grandsters of 3000 years before. And by the way, one of my servants was a king of yours a while exactly. back. Exactly. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, Actually, probably sent his Nazgul to do that, wouldn't they? I, you know, yeah. 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 I mean, uh, it, we know that he sent, what, three Nazgul to retake uh, mm -hmm. Dol Guldor. You know, what were the other six up to? Um, right. You know, so sure. Absolutely. Um, uh, like, Hey, didn't y'all have kingdoms over there and stuff? You know, like, shouldn't we, uh, shouldn't we, you know, uh, do a, you know, kind of get, a, <laughs> let's go, let's go do some ballot stuffing and make me king again over in the, I mean, but seriously, like he's going to have to build up his power base. And so it is certainly to the people where the, in the lands where he once held undisputed sway and was worshiped as a God that he's going to want to declare himself extremely openly and be doing some very aggressive recruiting campaigns. Um, what if Gandalf is over there? I was going to say that could be how What if it's in Gandalf... the East that Gandalf, right. we don't have to put Gandalf all the way in the East. No. But what if Gandalf is in the East uh, and he is, um, and he hears about this, right? I know he doesn't go there, Stephen. Fine. Make it the South then. He goes to the South. <laughs> so make it in Harad then. We'll set it so, in Harad. So, yeah. So the idea of Sauron openly declaring himself could be the openly declaring himself to his vassals, his former vassals in these areas, right? So he doesn't really futz around declaring right. himself necessarily yeah. to... No, Stephen Gandalf know. does go to the South. He has a name. He's called Inkanus in the South. He says he doesn't go to the East. But by the way, let's not be slavishly literal in our interpretation of that line, to the East I go not. I don't think that Gandalf has like a, like a, a like, I refuse to cross this line. Or he like could a... just have left off the word anymore. <laughs> like, anymore. I go not anymore. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. That's true. He he never he's not he's 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 not saying I never went. Right. Yeah, he doesn't say I never went. He says I go I don't go there. Besides which, like to the east I go not. That does not sound like he's talking about geography as much as actually it sounds, sounds like Yoda. Like talk, right. Truth, but... Well, it sounds like he's talking about <laughs> politics, not about geography, right? Like, because <laughs> he's talking about what names he had in various places. So, in saying to the east, I go not, doesn't mean I've never been there. And like the east is a strict Gandalf no fly zone. Rather, what he's saying is, I'm not friends with the folks out, and they don't call me yeah. anything in the east because I've never been chummy with them because they're all Morgoth worshippers over there. Right. Um, so. Well, that's true. That's you know, really. I, I, you're right. That's that's what he's saying. What he's, that is what, what he's, he's really saying. I don't have a name over there. Especially if you, especially yeah. if you think about the storyteller here, because Tolkien. That's exactly how Tolkien would write it. Right. He's, yeah. He writes that way. It's not a literal. Right. Thing. That's a 
that's a that's a good point because we are talking about Gandalf. What he's really saying is it's not part of my rotation. It's not, exactly. Yeah, right. I, I don't. It's I've I've went there once. I've cut them right like out the of my of my yeah. uh, of my route. Right, my they're my, not on my route. My postal route. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I lo- I really like this this idea because um, because I'm thinking I'm thinking one thing since the the theme is change, right? Yes. Right, um, especially unexpected change. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the idea that, like, maybe at the start of the season, series or the start of the season, um, Harad or or one of these vassals state. Like, I, I'm kind of like digging the idea of like like people down there maybe not being overly thrilled when Sauron's right. emissary yeah, well, shows. It's gonna up be a huge. I mean, start, that would be. I mean, it would be fabulously fascinating, wouldn't it? If the first, yeah. like this first cultural change that comes comes when the Nazgul return to Harad, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah. we show how the Haradrim themselves are going to be oppressed and, asla- and enslaved. And remember, it's 70 years. It's a generation in the future, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody that, and that Gandalf is hanging out with, none of the folks who call Gandalf in Kanus are going to be fighting in the war. It's their kids that are going to be fighting right. the war, and their grandkids that are going to be fighting in the war. And, uh, and so, and that's what we can see, like how the whole, like this is the beginning of a cultural shift in heart. Yeah. Right. Um, no, this, this could be like, and I can see at the end like, of the very first frame story, right? The Nazgul's come talk to the King and the very last frame of the frame story is a close up to the gray pilgrim, right? Who's been, like cloaked all this time and he turns kind of to the camera with this like look on his face like oh no right right yeah. and or, it, it would kind of be even more fun if we had people talking about Incanus, right like oh we should ask Incanus oh yeah 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 this, right? yeah yeah uh, and on, again only the, the 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 geeks the delighted geeks we in the really audience understand. will know who yeah. that is right um Stephen yeah. h wanted to suggest by the way that when we have gandalf in harad in the south we should have him dressed like merlin at the end of disney's sword in the stone with the bermuda hat <laughs> the, the bermuda shirt and the shorts and stuff yeah uh, uh, I think that's that we should. Take oh, that into he's a man after my own heart, this Stephen H. <laughs> yeah, I uh, like it. Um, <laughs> but uh, but you know, Francis. Several people were suggesting. Rhiannon was suggesting. Francis is suggesting. We have some pretty obvious blue wizard potential here. I know that crossed right. my mind. Now, but we do we know specifically where they went? I mean, would they would at least one of them be in the south? Did they stick together? We don't know, we, do we? we it's real vague. I mean, like if there's yeah. a place where we've got leeway, it's got to be the Blue Wizards, right? I mean, come on. Yeah, it's true. Uh, it's pretty and vague and pretty non-certain. I mean, that is like the only things that we have about uh, the Blue Wizards are very brief and contradict each other. So, like, right? We, you know, and we don't know that Gandalf wasn't in touch with them, right? Yeah. So, I mean, no, that would we be have no reason to think rotates that rotates down that way, right? Is to stay in touch with the two Blue Wizards. Oh wait, hang on a second. I agree with Stephen Cover. We also need a can we we also need a picture. Uh, at one point, we have to have Gandalf riding a big white elephant. Uh, oh, just geez. it just has to happen. Show right. us the meaning of haste. <laughs> no, just because remember it's a, a, Frodo says that right that he wished they had a whole when Sam t- t- does the elephant <laughs> poem and he says you know I wish we had a whole uh, you know army of elephants and Gandalf on a white elephant at their head right um, yeah that that totally 
Nick, you know you need uh, to do this. Like this is uh, this is. I think I can tell that Nick is excited about the direction we're thinking here. Um, <laughs> but um, it's all good. Uh, but anyway, but it, it, whether or not Bermuda shorts are indeed included, I certainly even Maria's agreeing. No such thing uh, need happen. <laughs> no such thing need happen was Nick's comment. But anyway, I I I I, I do agree. Gandalf should not be looking like Gandalf the Grey. Like he should not be wearing right. standard Gandalf the Grey garb. He should right. look like Inconus. He should he should be blending in, right? Right. Um, that would be. Um, oh, I think that's really interesting. That would be cool. So, but I really like this idea with the Nazgul coming to Hera to announce it as far as being dovetailed to the theme of the season. I really yeah. like that. And so I I would rather Harad than the East anyway. Like I said, I'm not worried about sending Gandalf to the East. And by the way, I was laughing before right after you guys started talking because uh, Lincoln had suggested when I was talking about Gandalf not going to the East anymore, <laughs> Lincoln said two stars. Yeah. like I went to the East. <laughs> Hated it. It's a dump. Gandalf totally panned the East on TripAdvisor, basically. It just was, yeah, not worth it. Too hot. Sand got into everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, but uh... I'm, I'm also really digging this idea. I, I, like, I love the idea that the, the frame for this season could be, could be a tragedy. That would, that would it'd be, it, you know, like, it'd be kind of like depicting... Um, Pre World War II Germany, right? Just like seeing exactly. how bad, yeah. like just wow. the slow erosion of of like yeah. all that's good and yeah, exactly. That's actually uh, uh, that's exactly the peril that 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 Marie was thinking about. You know, Germany when yeah. Hitler comes and you know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You yeah. know declares same the new sort of thing Roman too. Empire. Like yeah. you know, Hitler tried did the Anatar thing. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Says, um, yeah. No, I think this is really cool and uh, and gives us a really, really interesting and nuanced way to think about a bunch of the things that we're going to be thinking about during the course of the, of the season, um, dealing with, you know, uh, dealing with change, thinking about, um, this sort of world that we're trying to create and, and thinking about Morgoth's influence on the world and what Morgoth is doing and how they can handle it. Right. What, what they're supposed to do. Ecthelion is going to be confronted with this. What does he do? Right. 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 Does he attack? Does he try to hold Sauron in leaguer? In which case, uh, you know, Ecthelion could say, or young Denethor could do, could use some of Boromir's future language, right? About Gondor, right. bulwark of the West, right? And Gandalf be like, tell that to my friends in the South, <laughs> you know, right. who are uh, uh, not uh, behind the bulwark of Gondor, not to mention everybody else. Stephen Cover and Nick both kind of made a similar point. Stephen says, I like the examination of Herod, especially because of Sam's later wondering whether the South Run is really evil. Yeah. And Nick says, and we can completely defang the accusation of non-European people are evil, which yeah. I love. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm so, well, obviously we'll have to think about this a little bit, how we exactly want to handle the Haradrim situation. Um, uh, yeah, and we're thinking about this being a part of the frame. It, like, in other words, the whole frame wouldn't be this wouldn't be in Harad. Yeah. So if we start in with Gandalf in Harad, uh, and have a few episodes with Gandalf in, in Harad and showing the influence of the Nazgul and and uh, uh, the enough to show the trajectory of the cultural change that's happening down there right. uh, um, in Harad, and I'm thinking. 
I don't think that Gandalf has... There's no Haradrim Shire, right? Like, like the Shire is like people that Gandalf has invested in, you know, and mm-hmm. is close with. I don't think that he's invested in the Haradrim or, or in like, a, you know, we could show like a rural Haradrim community where Gandalf is kind of welcome and known like he is by the Tooks in the Shire. We could do it that way. Um, we could also have there be, have it be a little bit more limited, right? We don't need to have a parallel to Gandalf's whole relationship, like his relationship with the whole, his investment in the whole Shire. Um, clearly he's not invested in the Haradrim in the same way, but we could have, there could be an old Took of Harad, right? That I, that one guy that he connects with, like Gandalf clearly did correct, connect with Gerontius Took. Um, and, um, uh, and so have, have, have a, his... Or another one is, it could be, you know, more like the Herod, more like a king or a sultan type situation. And one of the Blue Wizards could be one, could be his advisor. So that what Gandalf is actually, when he comes south, he visits that court. As a, That's another possibility, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could even be behind the, the pillar when the Nazgul comes in and has a chit-chat with them. Right. right. <laughs> I, have a, I have a controversial question. Okay. Why? Why can't Gandalf be as invested? Uh, what what if what if this is like the anti-Shire where he's there and he's working and he fails, he loses, and he watches it go down. So the scourging and actually, he, yeah. scouring yeah. actually does happen. I, I honestly, the the mental picture, I, like the kind of the sort of kind of slightly crazy mental picture I have of the frame this season is the entire season is in Harad, uh, uh, and we have a. We have a whole, basically we have this, like, I guess it would be a C story. We introduce some characters. We have, like, maybe this, maybe this, like, sort of heroic um, um, uh, leader of the, of the Haradrim who, like, tries to, tries to, to stir up some resistance to the Nazgul and maybe, and there'll be some other character, maybe a young, ambitious character who undermines him and, like, usurps him at the end, who's a, who's a collaborator with the Nazgul. And it's basically but this is just a, a frame. <laughs> it'd be the fall of Harad. Yeah, no, I know. I and, then, it's crazy, and then in the but... end, we have Gandalf the Grey Pilgrim, you know, leaving after after failing, essentially. Yeah, and after failing. Yeah, yeah. not a bad idea. It's. Uh, I, mean, I thought it's I a bit of a downer, but then again, we're talking about paralleling this with the Dagor Bragalak, so that kind of fits. Oh, that's true. You know. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Especially if you I know, because then the parallel. The parallel is not between like Fingolfin and Gondor exactly. The parallel is between um, Fingolfin and Gandalf almost, right? Like Gandalf, like Gandalf's project in the south, right? The Encanus project would be uh, um, essentially him trying to uh, uh, to build up resistance to, to, cause he knows that Sauron is coming back. He discovered that, that the necromancer was Sauron. He knows this is going to happen eventually. Right. So he's decided now to work in Harad in order, in anticipation of this, cause he wants to prepare a resistance against the return of Sauron. Um, oh, I want to answer Stephen covers question before it goes away. I, he wanted to know about discussing the blue wizards on the forum. Absolutely. I mean, start a thread. Um, I think, I can't remember if there's a frame thread or not. Marie can, can remind me, but yeah. We talked about, uh, I'm trying to remember what we've said about the blue wizards in the past. I know we haven't totally finished. I mean, we haven't fleshed out their whole story. 
I know that we were. We were well, at some point we're going to meet them in the main story, right? I mean, yeah, in the main well, story, definitely. we're going to see them come across. Definitely. So it could be this is like, you know, we don't explain who – if we run across a blue wizard in this frame, we don't explain who he is. You know, but then right. later on down the line, they'll go, oh, that was the guy that Gandalf saw and blah, blah, blah. I'm yeah. also with Marie. Marie's like, but I want to see Ecthelion. I'm like, yeah, you know, me too. There's time. He's not going to die for a bit. We, we, got, we, got, we got some chances. I mean, we're going to get him when well, we get Thorongil anyway. Thorongil, so, you know. that's true. Thorongil's going to, yeah, so that's true. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I think this is this is this is really cool. Yeah, Lincoln is suggesting we could have a heroic uh Haradrim character who dies like Fingolfin when the resistance fails. Yeah, he challenges the the Nazgûl to combat and dies, right? Yes. If we wanted to do oh, a direct parallel, yeah. we could do something like that. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Um interesting. Um Yeah. Okay, so um Okay, all right. Well, but wait, hang on, Marie. I was right. So Thengel is still oh. in Gondor. It's it's like the next year. We're right around when he comes to oh my gosh, kingship, right? Oh man, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, two years. Two years before Thengel's death. Okay, so we are just. We still do have Thengel down in Gondor. Down in Gondor. Oh, okay. All right. But boy, yeah, uh, now we're getting all carried away with the Haradrim story, though, which I, hey, 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 hey. Which I like. What if, well, what if Gandalf leads a team of, uh, of folks from the north, like, um, uh, to, to, like brings down like a, a team of, um, of, you know. Uh, SWAT team? Yeah, SWAT team <laughs> come down and assist the resistance. So maybe I was going to go the other direction. We're following is... some some Ga- some Rohirrim and some Gondorians who are down in Harad. Yeah, like and... those later. Yeah, I was thinking the other direction, which is we have the failure happen earlier than the end of the season, and this and the last few frame episodes are are Gandalf coming back and reporting, or you know, at least to Gondor. It would be tough though. I feel like if we're gonna. If we're going to invest in that much of a that much of a shape to the Haradrim plot, it should it should either be the whole thing or it should just be a little segment, right? And I mean, yeah. if if we were to stick with the original idea of doing like segment in Harad, segment in Minas Tirith, segment right. in Rohan, then we could totally do that. But I think if we're right. going to do this whole like rise and fall of like the the tragic uh, downfall or anticipation or foreshadowing right. of the of the uh, the the ruination of Haradrim culture, that I, that sounds like a whole story. And if we kind of yeah, agree, agree. run off to me. So, so then Dave's idea of, of getting, you know, a SWAT team in or something. Might yeah. So be. I think, it, yeah, if you want, if there's things we want to do with like uh, Gondor or uh, um, then I think the, 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 the natural thing to do is to take some people from Gondor and transplant them into our, uh, into our Harad storyline. Right. And then right. you could have, you could have some people coming and going. You could have one episode. Somebody, a messenger, arrives from from Ecthelion with some news. And... Operation White Oliphant. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. Um, uh, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, so. <clears throat> Um, oh, very cool. So anyway, so uh, 
with the Blue Wizards question, um, if we're going to involve the Blue Wizards, we have to first make the fundamental and very important decision of whether the Blue Wizards are good guys or bad guys, because that's not a given, right? Um, and I think we had talked about maybe splitting them and do, going 50-50 in on the Blue Wizards, um, having because Tolkien had the two different ideas about them, right? One was that they fell completely and became, you know, uh, worshippers of uh, magic cults in the East. Um, uh, and the, there was the other idea, which was never articulated and only hinted at in the names that he gave to them. Um, and that was like that they were, you know, triumphantly bringing the light into the darkness, essentially. Um, so it's... And as much as anything is clear about the Blue Wizards, it is clear that he was kind of going back and forth about whether or not the Blue Wizards should be fallen like Saruman or whether they should be good guys but not quite so effective as Gandalf uh, in um, uh, in the whole thing. Uh, certainly, the time when he was conceiving them of, the, of them as having fallen um, uh, completely was in the middle of his... Uh, major Gandalf PR campaign segment of his career, Tolkien's career. I mean, like that there was, there was a, there was a block of time after the Lord of the Rings was published when he was, um, spending a lot of time building up Gandalf and emphasizing Gandalf's importance. Um, that's the Radagast has failed period to which I still object. And I do not want Radagast to be depicted as a failure. Um, but, um, Yes, Lincoln, I agree. I also strongly dislike the Gandalf as the only wizard who succeeded in his purpose at all story. Um, because it's far from, like, n no goodness of the other good wizards is going to take away from Gandalf's awesomeness, okay? Like, it's just not going to do it. Whereas the fall of the other wizards does kind of take away from Saruman's fall. Um, so I'm not a huge fan. Um, I... I'm uh, so again. I'd be kind of tempted to do to do one of e to do one of each to have one be sort right. of like faithful but beleaguered. Maybe not. You know, maybe it doesn't accomplish much. Maybe it does. You know, maybe there's a part of the story that we don't know about. You know, that in the east, um, had it not been for the work of this blue wizard, there would have been this whole other massive army that Sauron would have had at his disposal. Or you know, any number of directions we could go like that um, with the story of the good guy as far as the bad guy. The hard thing with the bad guy, if one of the blue wizards went bad, we have to sort out his relationship with Sauron, right? Because, I mean, he's not being brought in. Maybe, I mean, he just becomes Sauron's cat's paw. But again, we can't just make him the Saruman of the East or else that's boring. Um, so... Well, he could have been offed already or something, you know, by the time the war comes. Yeah. Plus, I assume, I mean, we don't, they don't have to be together, right? So, like, the bad guy could be in the East. And that could be another reason why Gandalf doesn't go East is because right. that guy's in the East. And then the guy who's still, you know, the light in the darkness is the South guy. You know, that Maybe. could be. Maybe. Um, we have a lot of latitude here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't think we go with the blue. I, I don't think we touch the blue wizards in the frame. For one thing. Yeah. Okay. We also have we already have a lot of story in this frame. Now that's okay. Right. Um, we've. I mean, when I think about like the the storyline that we had in season three with young Aragorn, 
um, the storyline that we had last season with Bilbo in Erebor, there were, I mean, it was a complicated mm-hmm. story that we were telling in the, in the, in the plot. I kind of think that, um, in the frame, I kind of think that the, um, um, the season four frame is probably, well, I don't think we want to try for more plot than that. That seems to me pretty yeah. close to the, pretty close to the top yeah. of the line in the quantity of plot that we want to try to squeeze into a frame. Um, but, uh, so I think that we can do it, but I don't, I, I think we don't want to complicate it further and bringing in a blue wizard and giving his history and how he ended up being yeah, where he was no, and what Gandalf's true. relationship yeah. with him is that I think is too much. We'll have plenty of time to do. Let's do justice to the blue wizards yeah. um, by getting, giving, you know, giving them a full nice arc, which culminates. They in may, the get, War they of may get a frame of their own someday. Who knows? Right. Who knows? <laughs> um, oh, it, Mike Hoxton suggests that we could simplify channel. things just by having the good blue wizard and the evil blue wizard fight to the death at some point. So there you, you know, go. That's, <laughs> that's it. Then they're out of the picture. We don't have to worry about them anymore. Yeah. yeah. But sorry, Dave, what were you just saying? <laughs> I was saying um, uh, this is a backdoor pilot for a spinoff. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. Good suggestion. <laughs> Stephen Cover says we just drop a house on the bad one. Uh, so that's, <laughs> that's, that's talk about your simple solution. And then the good one comes flying down inside a bubble. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it's true. We, we're, we're neglecting the obvious route here. Um, but, um, okay. Um, anyway, so yeah, good. I like this. So let's stick to Harad. Now it's hard, um, because of course this means Trish that I can't get my Ecthelion delivering, that I know. Line, you know, which I, 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 I would ideally have well, liked. If he shows up, if he comes in as part of the SWAT team, we might be able to somehow. So Dave, tell me more about the SWAT team idea. I'm just thinking it's Gandalf down there. What's he doing? What's he doing down there? How's he doing it? Uh, and I'm thinking, like, at some point, at some point, maybe he's just down there initially on one of his Gandalf, you know, uh, he's on his, uh, doing his it, route. Gathering gunpowder for his, for his fireworks. Right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, actually. I mean, where does he get all that stuff? <laughs> That's why they've never heard of, uh, of, of fireworks in, uh, in the Shire, because they're imported from Harad, so it's, you know, right, really right. far away. Yeah. So maybe he's down there and maybe it's just, you know, it's like an episode or two in. And then at some point, the, the, the mouth of Sauron or the Nazgul, whoever shows up and that, and that's, and, and Gandalf kind of initially, he lays low. He's, um, you know, doesn't reveal himself. I'm even, I'm kind of even thinking maybe he's, he's in communication with like whoever the leader I'm, I'm picturing like a kind of a, Sort of the older leader, mm-hmm. and then he's got a kind of son like or a nephew. Court thing, you know, was yeah. kind of how it was, yeah. Yeah, and he's got a son or a nephew or somebody who's who's like, this is going to be the person who's going to stab him in the back and mm-hmm. going to collude. Um, but so Gandalf's down there talking to him, and I mean, and, like Miglin, sort of. Yeah, doing his thing, and then the Nazgul, whoever show up, and he kind of sees like things are taking for a, tor- a turn for the worse rapidly. Um, and so he 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 realizes like okay we need to we got to start a, some kind of resistance like an underground resistance and he and he thinks that he needs some assistance so he um, I don't know sends if he sends an eagle he sends yeah. an eagle <laughs> yeah there you go or a butterfly a moth exactly yeah moth yeah. basically calls for backup 
And so mm-hmm. backup backup comes down in the form of basically characters uh, from Gondor and Rohan that we really want to involve in the season. Mm-hmm. Gandalf lights the beacons and Gondor comes. Yeah. Not the whole beacons. <laughs> but I can't imagine that, like, you know, the whole army of the Rohirrim descending upon Harad would go over well. You know, it's not necessarily going to make the situation better. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, so so we have, uh, I mean, it's kind of like when Aragorn and, and Aemir go off and, you know, at the end of Return of the King, right? They go off and clean stuff up, right? So yeah. he has these guys come in. I just don't know how he sends them the message to come. Uh, yeah, I'm, so, not sure. I, I'm not I'm so, I, The reason I'm not sold on the, the SWAT team idea is that I, I think it's too action-oriented. Because, so, first of all, I think that Gandalf's primary project down there is cultural, not, like, military right. or something, right? I mean, he's... What he's, I mean, he's doing the Gandalf thing, right? He's like inspiring people with hope, and he's, he's, uh, the opportunity that Gandalf sees, because Gandalf, he's thinking big picture, right? He's thinking long, he's playing the long game against Sauron. Mm-hmm. And so he's thinking, okay, Harad has always been a thorn in the side of, of Gondor and a tool in the hand of, of Sauron, right? So I'm going to do my part to assist the war that he knows is to come. He's known about it for decades now, since ever since he found out that it was Sauron in, in Dol Guldur. Um, I'm going to do my best to undermine the war that I know he's eventually going to fight, right? By trying to just deprive him of an ally. If I can go and try to in, help and influence the Haradrim to be resistant to, to Mordor when it comes so that maybe dream of dreams, they would be willing to be allies of Gondor in the war to come rather than their enemies, right? Um, that's, mm-hmm. that's like Gandalf's big plan. So at no point would it then really be about combat or military action because um, even the resistance is sort of a, it's, it's a battle for the hearts and minds of the Haradrim. It's not a, it's sure. not a, a, I mean, physical conflict could come. I mean, I do think that most of Gandalf's friends are going to die by the end, right? I mean, yeah. They're not going to fare well, um, but um, well, uh, and I guess I'm not even well, necessarily imagining that that the the purpose of these people coming down. De- I mean, it would be like, diplomatic, perhaps yeah, more than yeah. combat, right? Yeah, like quite frankly, make allies. Yeah, actually, could be could be a diplomatic mission. I mean, quite frankly, this is really just a ploy to like you know get. <laughs> We had some characters that we were. Well, we had some characters that we wanted involved in this season, and now we've decided the setting will be Harad, and it's like, well, okay, I guess how are we going to get them there? Yeah, yeah, get them there somehow. I yeah, I don't think we need to. I think we can. But I just have to give up on our. The one thing I do think is, I could imagine a a scenario where Gandalf is there, and then the Nazgul show up, and it's like Mm -hmm. things things take a turn for the worse rapidly. Like within, right. within yeah. like, you know, yeah. an episode or two, Gandalf's like, well, this is heading south. Uh, you know, and like, I, I need to No pun intended. Right. Yeah, exactly. For so I, I can see him saying like, I need some assistance. And so maybe it's, maybe it's a diplomatic mission, an official diplomatic mission. Maybe Try it's an underground diplomatic mission. Maybe it's an intelligence mission. Um, I don't know, but uh, but yeah. uh, but I, I think it's plausible that he might decide, like you know, hey, let, try to include, yeah, because we, we certainly have precedent in the text of him calling on other people for help. He, he asked Aragorn to help him find Gollum. Right. Sure. I'm just wondering. It seems premature 
for him to, because I mean, look, the Haradrim and the, it's not like he's starting from scratch here, right? The Haradrim and the, the, and Gondor have been enemies for a long time. There's a lot of historical bad blood here. So, you know, if he's fighting the battle for the hearts and minds of the Haradrim and seems to be losing ground, calling in his close friends from Gondor seems like a bad idea. Probably not the best idea. (laughs) What if, what if he doesn't call for them? He's just been writing letters back and then they just show up. Hey, we're here to help. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I think it wouldn't be more underground. It would have to be more underground, you know, I'm, like intelligence or underground. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm kind of imagining like, he's at the he's at the like the base of the the resistance, uh, and with the with the like enlightened, open minded uh, Haradrim. And then yeah. maybe he's got some some some. You may actually almost have a parallel to a Lendil in the. And the royal house is in Numenor, you know, where you've got the good Haradrim with Gandalf, kind of, but they don't make it. They don't end up making right. it. They... Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually really interesting to do a kind of parallel of the faithful almost, right? But it's actually, not exactly the faithful, except it's like inverted, yeah. right? Uh, right. Because yes. those who are faithful to the old ways are those who are going back to Sauron, right? Um, right. Uh, so instead of being faithful to the old ways, it's the innovators who are the resistance. But but the, but although the structure is almost mirror reversed in that way, mm-hmm. uh, it would be mm-hmm. parallel in other ways with like the king's men and and uh, uh, and the rule of Sa- uh, Sauron coming over. Um, um, anyway, I, I I I I'm loving this idea. So I'm thinking. I think we've got to do. I th- I think we can only do one of two things with like our Gondorian characters in the Gondor thing. We have to either A, give it up um, and just do the <laughs> horrid thing because that's cool. Or B, totally fine with. just having Gandalf go there. Like, have him go to um, take counsel with them to, you know, get, but. I, yeah. Oh yeah, that's perfect. He could, he could, he can come and go. So maybe we'll have an interlude in the middle of the season where he goes to Minas Tirith. And that actually now we can have our cake and eat it too because we get to do our Minas Tirith uh, episode. Right, right. I like Felling and have his line. Yeah, yeah, we could. I mean, he's going to want to warn them anyway. Um, yeah. And so, so yeah, actually that would be kind of interesting, right? If he say, if like uh, Ichthelion, um asks him like, okay, you know, th- you know thanks for the warning, Mithrandir, right? Like, uh, you know, where are you bound next? Like, you know, to, to, to Rohan, you know, to, and, and he's like, Back to Harad. It's like, oh, hell no. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and they're like, wait, what? You're going back to Harad? Uh, and maybe this is, you know, one of the reasons why Denethor thinks he's shady from the beginning, you know. and uh, Oh, yeah, there you go. That's a little extra benefit. And, and you know, I think Gandalf would be like, no, the reason I came to tell you is so you could pass the word. You you send people to Rohan and wherever, right? Right, I mean, right. Now, I, I don't know about if Gandalf wants to, like, tip Elrond off at all, but you know. I mean, again, we could have Glorfindel traveling with Gandalf. <laughs> I mean, you, know, you know, one benefit... I mean, if we're going to have Ecthelion, we could have, you know, like have our cake and ice cream. And eat it. Yes. <laughs> and Glorfindel oh. will be like, you go to Ro- Gondor, I'm going to go to Rivendell and let, let Elrond know. Right, yeah. <laughs> You know, another benefit of doing this is uh, one thing you could do is you could use this to to, um, <laughs> to turn up the clock or to speed things up in, in Harad, where Gandalf, we, we take an episode off where he goes up to Minas Tirith, 
and then the, the next by the next time we show Gandalf walking back into Harad, he looks around. He's like, "Oh, Big change. Crap. it's really yeah. it's got it's like it's even worse than I feared." Big yeah. change, yeah, yeah. And the thing that's cool about this is I'm you know I, I, we can certainly parallel it with the main story. I mean, we could fashion the events of the frame to be really well uh, matched to the main story. Mm-hmm. No, there's, there's, I, I think there's some really great potential here. I'm loving this. I'm so I'm, I'm loving this story on its own. Like just, I think this story is a really cool story all by itself. Um, I think it enables us to play on the theme, but to play on it from a really different angle um, and a really, really interesting angle. Um, it certainly enables us to do a storyline, which does not spoil anything from the Lord of the Rings era, you know, when we get into the third age, um, it, um, uh, I mean, this ticks a lot of boxes and is really, really cool. And if we can get to Gondor anyway, we can still do our, yeah, our other things. So yeah, it doesn't spoil anything, especially Marie, if we do resist doing the blue wizards, cause then we still have the whole th- you know, if anything, right. the only thing we've managed to do is do a little bit of setup for stuff to happen in Harad. Other, you know, we, we, we will have given some context of what things are like in Harad at this point so that we are more prepared to talk about that when we, when we do that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm loving this. And it's based on the text. Well, okay. It's based on the fact that Gandalf says his name is in Kanus in the South. Um, <laughs> but, but hey, that's, that's enough. That's enough for me. That's a, give us that much <laughs> opening and we'll take it for sure. And by Isn't the way, it, I, I, the best kind of, based on the text. Absolutely. Well, and also remember Stephen Cover's note of Sam, you know, wondering if the South runs really evil. I mean, that's, you know, that yeah. kind of is. Yeah. This, is, I, I, this, is the, this is the kind of stuff that we do on this podcast that I is like my favorite, where it's like, it's like we're, we're completely coloring outside the lines in the sense <laughs> that, you know, like we're just do, like doing completely new stuff. But none of it, it all feels, it all feels. Plausible um, within true. the canon. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Exactly. He, Gandalf wouldn't have a name in the South if he wasn't going down there, and if he didn't have people that he was ha- friends. Right. Sorry. Right. And this is just the kind of thing that Gandalf would do. It's the kind of thing we see him doing. Right. Yep. Um, uh, not there, but it's the kind of thing that we see him doing elsewhere. Um, uh, yeah, it does seem to fit into the world. I agree. Now, Stephen H., who's not a big fan of, 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 of the idea as a whole, one of his concerns uh, is that it makes Gandalf look ineffective. But see, here's the thing. It's not about Gandalf being effective. It's not about Gandalf succeeding or failing even, really. We're talking about the choices of people. Gandalf is primarily an influencer, Right. What he does is go around. He doesn't have a power base anywhere. He doesn't ask for anybody. This is not a a thing that he is. It's not exactly a project he can succeed or fail in. It's people he can try to help. Maybe they will succeed. Maybe they will fail. Um, He's trying to affect this change in the culture. But if they choose otherwise, they choose otherwise. He can't control them. He can't dominate them. He's not going to dominate them. Perfectly consistent with Gandalf's depiction of Lord of the Rings. Not exactly a resounding success in no. Minas Tirith. Right. No. Right. 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 Kind right. of a complete flop with Denethor. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And when Thaden's not all that 
thrilled with him either. <laughs> at I mean, first, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, at yeah. first, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ganoff, like in the Lord of the Rings, you know, at least in that role as like I go places and I try to give people a nudge to get them to do the right thing. Mixed track record. Well, the and, other thing yeah, is yeah. that we see, you know, Gandalf wasn't around for you know the Second Age stuff with Sauron, right? Right. right. So this experience is going to give Gandalf, you know, like a full-on experience of how bad it could be, right. which is going to fuel him up, which is what we see, you know, when he's with Frodo and he's, you know, at the council and whatnot, he's fueled up. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this is kind it's like, we don't necessarily have to say it, but it's like, we'll know, well, he saw what happened in the South and right. he, right. you know, he's right. He needs to make sure it doesn't continue to happen. Absolutely. And, Here's the other thing to remember. Gandalf 2.0 is fundamentally different. Like, his whole approach is fundamentally different. He is revealed as the, you know, the chief, uh, you know, player in the game against Sauron. Um, but he's only revealed at the end. And if you think about right. it, all of the really effective things that he does um, are after his resurrection. Or after, that's right. Um, Gandalf, what does Gandalf do? What does he attempt to do? What does he accomplish? while Gandalf the Grey, right? Pre-resurrection. It, it, it's cert- that is certainly a mixed bag and all very low-key, right? Um, so this is certainly not going to be Gandalf leading the charge. and it's, He is not going to be to the Haradrim what he, even what he was uh, at Minas Tirith, certainly not what he was at the Black Gate, right? He's, that's not, he's, not, he's not even going to be what he was to Theoden at the healing of Theoden. Right, the right. second time he, he he's he's before Theoden there, um, he's, uh, um, yeah. So I mean, he is uh, he's only revealed in power like that after his resurrection. Um, now the conflict with the necromancer Marie, well, yes, with backup, <laughs> right? He teams up with the rest of them and they drive uh, Sauron uh, out of Mirkwood there. Um, but uh, the only, well, the other time we see him potentially slightly unveiled is with the Balrog. But that's, yeah, I mean, that's the only other Lincoln time is objecting to me calling really the defeating think. of the Balrog low key. Um, uh, no, of course he stands up to the Balrog. But again, that's the transition to the like that's where the right. resurrection comes in, right? Well, and, and he's pushed to the I mean, he's pushed to the limit. He's done everything he possibly yeah. can, and I mean, yeah. being faced with like ultimate evil kind of thing, right? So yeah, I mean, he pulls out the big gun at that point, but he doesn't also, do it any other time. If we're, if we're worried that they were they were going to make Gandalf look like a failure, uh, I I have a suggestion about a an opportunity for redemption uh, uh, in a future future season frame story. Uh, who's to say Gandalf wasn't there at Erebor um, when the messengers were showing up? Oh. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, I don't know. I, I I'm I'm fuzzy on like ex- the exact Gandalf chronology around Timing. that time, but but maybe he could be there and involved. Maybe maybe we can give him another crack. He's like, oh no, I've seen this before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, but see, but here's the thing. Here's my biggest, my primary response to so like my my 
my secondary response to the this makes Gandalf look like a failure thing is that to characterize this as a succeeding or failing thing by Gandalf is too simple. It's not about right. that. It's about him attempting to resist this thing in this place, but he's not the one making all the choices. Um, and he's not opposing Sauron openly. He's not going to reveal himself and fight off the Nazgul. That's not how he's going to operate at this stage in his career and in the plan. Um, right. So that so that's my, my but my primary response is I think it's okay for Gandalf to fail early on. I don't think we want Gandalf to have an unbroken pattern of success. I I think it's totally fine for this to be I, you know Dave just as you were saying that like when he's at the council of that like we can we should see moments that we know what Gandalf is thinking that he is mourning for his friends in Harad who died, right? Um that he has seen this go badly before. Like he knows what can happen because he's seen it when, uh, when things don't go right. Um, so, uh, so yeah. And I, he's not, ha- and we know he's not hailed as a hero in some of the kingdoms. Right. I mean, you know, right. So I mean, almost nowhere one is he hailed why. as a hero. Yeah. In fact, right. Absolutely. Nowhere is he hailed as a hero. Um, except maybe in Rivendell, right. Or, but in, in, even there, like, in, in Elrond's library, he's hailed as a hero, but I mean, there's very few places. Not even he's not even very he's not even universally popular in the White Council, right? I mean, yeah, there's right. nobody who throws a parade when Gandalf comes to town, even the hobbits, right? Um, he's popular uh, in Tuckborough, but nowhere else. Um, so Galadriel's kind of a fan of yeah, his. Yeah, but... agreed. Galadriel's a fan, um, but they go way back. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. So, um, but oh, again, by the but way, the, yeah, sorry, go ahead. We can, we can also, I think um, we can give him, like, I think, like, I, I was just thinking about this. Obviously, one of the things we would have to do is we need to pluck some hope out of the, out of the tragedy and despair at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. There should be like Gandalf should lead away. Like, a, I don't know, a, a, like, I don't know. There should be some group of Harad who get out of there and they mm-hmm. go off somewhere else. Uh, and, and we further and Harad. Yes. Being a man and his two sons and they establish a kingdom somewhere. <laughs> yeah. They get out of there and then they should come back sometime in the, you know, like at the, the battle of the Pelennor or something. Yeah. And we should show, like, Gandalf didn't really fail because he got some people to make a good choice. I, yeah, I mean, I that Gandalf is effective in doing what he's doing. That is, like, that he has succeeded in winning over this, you know, one family or one person or one person plus other folks attached to that one person or whatever. Um, showing yep. the the effect that he can have on people and what he has to offer people. Um yeah, we can show that, right? Um, and and then so, that, it, that, it inc- that increases the tragedy of the bulk of the people not doing that. Right, you know, right, right. So here's, the the re- here, here's a really cool thing, and I don't see the answer to this yet. But again, the thing that I love so much about doing the Harad story from the beginning is that um, it, we're able to do the change theme really, really interestingly, right? How this is mm-hmm. the return of Sauron has ushered in this new, you know, times are changing in Harad and things were going in this one direction and Gandalf was trying to encourage them to go in that direction. And now the Nazgul has come. Sauron has returned. They're being called to their ancient allegiance and worship of, of, of Sauron. And um, anyway, I think it's uh, uh, so the way that, 
you know, change is coming and what do we do in the face of that change? How do we, do we resist that change? Do we flee? How do we, how do we do it to have, because Gandalf is going to have to be sort of confronting that too, right? Mm -hmm. Gandalf's, um, so my question that I don't know the answer to yet, what is Gandalf's final answer to the question about how, what is the proper response to change? Yeah, no kidding. Um, because again, there's, there's a sense in which he is going to be a parallel to the elves who are just trying to stop it, right? Just trying to resist it. Um, let's just hold Morgoth leaguer in the North and go on with our lives and create, you know, a, a little utopia down here. And here's Gandalf trying to build his little, um, you know, Haradrim utopia, right? <clears throat> Pushing that in a new direction. And, but, and, but, oh no, let's, let's stave off this change. Um, instead of recognizing, you know, a change in the world ha- has come. How do we handle that? I, you know, I, I don't see the answer. I don't see how he, uh, um, uh, how he re- sort of responds to that. But um, anyway, yeah. By the way, canon-wise, do we see much of Sauron in the main story this season? I know we will next season. I mean, I know we can insert him. I'm just wondering. I can't remember in the in the actual book if he doesn't really have any no. major. Okay. No, I don't think so. Um, I think I don't think we get. Oh, any he's doing sound... the catch and release in our story. Marie says he is. So he's busy with the catch and release program. He is, but okay. I'm thinking like in the published Silmarillion. I don't think we get any Sauron before he takes over. Minas Tirith. The Silmarillion Minas Tirith. Of course. <laughs> Quite <laughs> right. Um, uh, I, I don't think... I don't. I think that's the next time he appears. Um, so, oh, and Amalek's appearance at the council yeah, has Sauron's finger marks But that's our That's our That's our We hadn't specified that. So yeah, no, I mean, I totally... We had talked but about the, 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 the catch and release program. We still have him doing that. But, right. but yeah, but as far as the canon is concerned, are there any, like, major Not. Sauron events... Uh, no, but no, we will yeah. then for our story. He will be in the, at some somewhere along the line in this season, right? We'll see him, which is just interesting to me. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not sure there's anything to be done with that, but it's just interesting. So we're going to have him in both both uh, both stories, which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I agree, and I I, I I certainly agree with both uh, Marie and Mike, who are both suggesting that uh, um, the fake Amlad incident. He's not mentioned there, but it does, as Marie says, has his Sauron's uh, yeah. fingerprints, fingerprints all over all. it, right? I mean, it, yeah, it really is uh, very... The other thing with this, uh, the way we're talking about the frame story now, I don't know that we necessarily have to have any in Mordor scenes, right? The Nazgul, basically, or the Emissary is yeah, going to be exactly. the yeah. one making the declaration. Yeah, yeah definitely, okay. definitely. Um, yeah, I think that the the Nazgul could be the the one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, which means, by the way, this gives us some time flexibility here. Um, we were talking about dating it to 2951, which is when he sends Kamal back to Dol Guldur and stuff. But Kamal was actually a Herod king, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. Um, hmm. I'm thinking... I'm th- Think, oh, he, he was an Easterling, Stephen says? Okay. Stephen oh, he's an Easterling. Okay. Easterling. Okay. All right. Um, All right. Well, that's easy then. We don't have to worry about him. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, so here's what I'm thinking. 
Sauron could have been doing some pre-gaming in Harad even prior. Oh, prior. To this, oh, know? I got it. Or I like get what you're saying. Yeah. And it can be right. So we could bump this up to 2950 or something if we want, but I guess it doesn't matter because we're definitely going to move on to 2952 in the next frame anyway. Uh, right. So, um, uh, so it doesn't, it doesn't particularly matter, but um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is good. I think we've got a really good shape. We've got some questions to answer. There's still a lot of work to be done in solving, in, in sorting this out. But I think this is, uh, I think this is fantastic. This is a fascinating story. Um, and uh, there's, um, yeah, yeah. It's also, it, it also, um, it also allows us, uh, it puts us in a space where we can uh, wield a great deal of literary license mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. invent new characters and then kill them off. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Which we don't, we don't ordinarily get to do. Uh, Very true. Very true. Um, uh, yes. Yeah. No, really cool. Lots of really great opportunities there. I think that's great. Okay. So looking towards next time, cause we're about out of time, uh, looking towards next time, we've got, um, our next session we'll be holding on May 21st, Thursday, May 21st, uh, at 10 PM. Um, next time we wanted to start talking about storylines like we did in season four, right. Uh, to kind of work out some of the details. My thought here, my suggestion, this is just a suggestion, and I'd be interested to see uh, what you guys, on. The, I mean, we can prioritize things differently if uh, folks on the discussion boards would, would like to do that. My thought, though, is I would kind of like to work out the human stories first and then go back to the elf stories. I was tempted to say, hey, let's, let's like nail down the plot arcs for the elf stories first, and then let's go back and add them in. But the more I thought about it, I'm like, no, actually, first of all, because... I still feel more at sea about the human stories. I, 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 I want to do more work there. Um, but secondly, I, I feel like they're still a pretty unknown quantity. So if we flesh out the human stories and how we want to do those, um, it'll be easier to kind of take where we left the elves in season four and where we're, you know, what we're doing with the humans in season five and then be able to use those things to be able to come together and, and resolve some of the issues that we still had in the, uh, uh, in the, uh, over the course of the season. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry, Brian, um, um, Brian points out, uh, can we get a Tom Bombadil cameo in Harad somewhere, uh, somehow? No, <laughs> we can't take him to Harad. I mean, it's one of the challenges. It's one of this is one of the challenges of the Tom Bombadil cameo thing is that he doesn't leave, right? Uh, but um, but yeah, I, I, I agree. We got to think of a Tom Bombadil cameo. So there you go. Um, but he doesn't have to be in the frame. He can be, of course, in the main storyline. Um, but I, I agree that it is kind of an attractive idea, Brian, you know, to have like, uh, especially Brian, if they don't ever say anything, right? Like if we just show like Tom Bombadil and Goldberry, like in the bazaar, you know, in the background, you know, like they're just across the, you know, the plaza over there. <laughs> Inappropriate, but funny. Um, so, yeah, so let's do let's do the human uh, storylines. Um, I, I do want to work out the genealogies. That's one of the things I want to do, uh, in order to establish those. And yes, I am, I am going to be, I am, I am coming with my pen knife in hand, prepared to excise folks from the genealogies. Um, uh, the, I, I, I will say from the beginning, 
bring me a compelling reason for them to be there, uh, a reason why they need to be there and not that the, the very small role that that person in the genealogy plays cannot be filled by somebody else. Give me a reason and we can do it. But I need a reason. I need a reason. We're not going to have any characters who don't have to be there. We have too many characters to just be adding extra ones just because the book says that this character was ruling when they moved from that place to that place. Like that's not an, it's not nearly enough for me uh, to include them. Um, that's a job that could be done by somebody else. So um, anyway, I'm that. So I, I'm, I'm prepared for that, but I, I, I want to sort out those things. So I want to go through the gene, genealogies. I want to especially focus on the plot lines of the particular character. I want to resolve the Holith story. We talked about Holith uh, uh, a bit more. I want to. I want to make sure we get her plot arc clear. I want to get Hador's plot arc clear. I want to work out, of course, um, uh, uh, Andreth and make sure that we're. Um, uh, we we make some sort of final decisions about where we're going with her character and everything. Um, uh, I want to sort out the Amlock thing. We have like an incident with Amlock, but an incident does not a story arc make, right? So uh, let's let's see how we can work that out too. So those are for, so for me, it's primarily about the characters. Um, Deciding our list of characters, who are going to be, uh, which characters are really our story-bearing characters, and then what exactly their stories are going to be, especially since we need to be connecting it through to the theme and to the larger stories, to the elf stories that are going on. That'll help us to be able to segue into talking about the uh, uh, the elf stories next time. I am under no illusions that we are going to talk about all those things next time. Um, uh, but we shall begin talking about those things next time, uh, and that'll be a lot of fun. So, all right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us tonight. This was a really great discussion. I did not expect to be talking about uh, Gandalf in Canus riding a white elephant and wearing Bermuda shorts, but I am delighted that we had that my life has been enriched by the fact that this conversation happened uh, so I am delighted by this thanks very much everybody for listening and as always I will say thanks for listening and Godspeed